Hi everyone and welcome to Rob Evans 365. It's day number 381 and I wanted to reflect on uh, the outcomes over the weekend or observations if you like over the weekend. Uh, I posted uh, some videos up on uh, the Instagram channel and uh, isn't the technology great? being able to have uh, such a reach to people around the world uh, through the, the different technology. I mean, I, I have only just started using Instagram TV. I don't know how long Instagram TV has been around for, but I now post something to there every single day. And there was a time when, obviously I didn't use it, wasn't posting stuff to um, to YouTube. I wasn't... Uh, posting anything or regularly to uh, social media. I wasn't posting anything at all to Instagram until this year. And uh, the same in in Facebook, I was uh, posting irregularly and now I'm posting uh, multiple times a day uh, through there. And just being able to connect with people around the world, I mean, I get... uh, people from, I don't even know where they are, I look at some of their profiles and they're uh, from Europe or uh, America or, or wherever and it's just fun to, uh, to kind of connect with people and uh, what I was putting on the, my Instagram channel was around the topics of my observations for the last few days uh, when I was in at the Melbourne Sports and Aquatic Centre. And I know I've said this before, but every time I go in there, I get a real wow factor. It's an incredible facility that they have there. And I think you've you've got to go and spend some time in there. I just think there's a vibe about it. In the pool, every time I've been there, there is always training going on or a competition. And uh, the last few days, it's been a, a, a training. And I was talking about on the, the my channel that I love watching other athletes. I love watching their training, uh, the coaching, how the coaching is. Oh, sorry, how the coaches interact with other coaches. How the coaches interact with the whole group from a group talk perspective how they interact individually with people as well Uh, so why do I do that well why would you think what would you think that I'd be looking to gain out of observing other coaches well it's so that I can become a better coach it's so I can learn from people that are in different sports perhaps better coaches than me so that I can take away the things from uh, from what they're doing and look there I think there there are many different coaching styles and there are many different sports and I think looking at the coaching styles across various sports is really really interesting because My belief is that if you took a coach from one code, one sport, and put them in another sport, then eventually they're going to be 
uh, a really awesome coach in that area as well. Uh, but obviously the difference is that, let's just say that you took uh, the most successful AFL football coach here, or NFL coach in America, and you put them to coaching swimming students. You would have to admit that there are, there are common coaching principles that adopt across any discipline. Uh, but when it comes to that fine detail of you know, strokes and uh, breathing and uh, techniques to get a person to swim faster or more efficiently, then they're going to be lacking in those skills. They're going to have to get someone else to help in, in that particular area. But uh, there are some commonalities in terms of mindset and uh, how you build a group up and, and the camaraderie and all that kind of stuff that... Um, that I would say would be common across uh, many different, or even all, uh, different different disciplines. And what was interesting yesterday, I was watching, uh, they were swimmers, but they were warming up down near the, uh, the diving pool. Uh, and if you know the, the MSAC, imagine um, a great big long 50 metre pool and then at the end of that pool you've got another pool which has got the diving platform platforms and everything in it and oh, if you just look at that 10 meter platform and think man how do you go head first 60 kilometers an hour into the water and make that fun um but anyway they're warming up down there just young kids and i don't know i would say that they would have been say 15 13 to 15 something like that now i was saying uh, to the girls uh, Emily and Olivia were sitting there having some lunch and I said these could be future Olympians right here and uh, they were going through their warm-ups now I, I've never seen a warm-up phase for swimmers and I thought because of where they were warming up I thought they were warming up for diving but they later went on to, to go to the other pool and, and go swimming uh, but not that different, I guess, to how I would warm people up for boot camp. They were doing, uh, they were, they were doing star jumps. They were doing some squats. They were doing push-ups. They were doing scapular stretches. Stretches. They were doing uh, various arm swings and that kind of stuff. Various leg swings, forwards, backwards, sideways, um, all that kind of stuff. Before they actually got into the pool. Uh, so it was, it was interesting to see that. And then we went down to the other end of the pool and just watching some of the drills uh, that they were going through uh, as, as a group, uh, which was, um, I don't know, let's say six people, or it was actually four to six people you know, going at once. And they were like diving off the blocks and they were teaching them how to dive off the blocks going halfway back and then coming in. And then what they were doing is practicing, they are going from halfway out, swimming in with somebody on the block, so for like a relay. And um, so the swimmers out in the pool, they had to swim hard into the wall, then the other people would jump, uh, dive in. So practicing, oh, practicing uh, that 
uh, that start. And it was just fascinating. I know nothing about swimming and uh, I'm, not, I'm not a swimmer at all. Uh, but I was uh, just observing what they were doing and watching the coaches. There's a young, young coach there too. It was a, a much older coach. Uh, she would have been older than me, I think, doing uh, the, the warm-up routine down near the diving pool, but I guess my point uh, of that is, oh, well, actually, before I, I tell you that, I then wanted to have a bit of a walk through the centre. I mean, it's really loud where the cheerleaders were, and last time, what I was able to do is just kind of walk through the facility, and you can't go into the gym and, and stuff, but you can walk upstairs on like a mezzanine level. It's got walkways and stuff where you can observe some of the other... Uh, other sports so there was like badminton and table tennis and I was watching a, a young guy who was obviously coaching an older guy like I mean like he was looking in his 50s 60s um, playing table tennis and I have to say the coach I've never seen someone as, they were just practicing you know like forehand shots from one to the other he had a big big box of balls I've never seen somebody return a table tennis uh, at table tennis so quickly and so effortlessly and so consistently. Man, it was like nothing was getting past the coach. It was just like one after the other, bang, 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 bang. As quick as that. I mean, uh, to the old guy's credit that was he was playing against, he was doing a good job returning him, but the coach was returning him so much more effortlessly. It was like he was barely moving the paddle and uh, getting the ball back over in the same spot pretty much every single time. And in thinking about that, I'm thinking, man, how many millions of shots have you hit in practicing to get to that point? Uh, Just incredible. And I guess this is something that I take for granted as well. Uh, like in the terms of the number of sessions that I've done, I work it out every now and then. Uh, it's, it's something like um, 20, it's over well over 20,000 sessions that I have taken. And that's a big number. So it's, it's no wonder now that when I'm teaching somebody, you know, you can look for the immediate points where they need to improve straight away. You can uh, know what those um, correction points are. Uh, I can think of exercises to do on a fly. Uh, like if we had to do a session right now and I had to come up with a class, in the past, when I first started out, I'd be like, oh man, I need like a, an hour or so to come up with that. It's like, bang, it's just, well, this is what we're going to do. And because sometimes that does have to happen in a, a class that, I, uh, that I'm conducting because let's just say, for instance, uh, I'm running a session and for whatever reason, maybe it's the mixture of the group, uh, that maybe it's certain injuries or whatever that have, uh, people are carrying not from the sessions, but just, you know, people have skeletal issues and so forth, uh, then I have to think of uh, a, new, a new round of exercise. Or a common one is, uh, let's just say that uh, people are saying, look, can we do some abs? And I say, okay, well, let's put it to a vote. And because it's been a hard session, there's 10 minutes left and they want to do an ab, you know, a, a five minutes of abs. I say, okay, let's do that. 
And then what I'll do is I'll, I might go around the room and I'll say, okay, Rebecca, which part of the abs would you like to work? And she might say, the obliques. So immediately in my mind, I'm thinking about uh, maybe three, four, five different exercises that we could do. And depending on the group, if they're more advanced, I'll say, okay, well, let's do something that's a little bit more advanced or let's do something that's simple. And bang, we just go like that and we'll just go around the room. So I've got effectively three to five seconds to think of an exercise so that everything just flows. And many years ago, I would have really struggled with that. So they talk about in order for you to perfect an exercise, it takes 10,000 repetitions. Well, there wouldn't be too many exercises where I haven't done 10,000 repetitions to know exactly what it is that you need to be doing. Uh, So that was one of the things I observed, particularly with this table tennis player. But then... Uh, in looking at all of these athletes and being at the pool again, it made me think that here I am. Now, obviously, the guy in the, the table tennis, good on him. He was an older guy, and he was still focused on wanting to become better at what he did. But when I was in the, the pool area, all of these are young, young kids. And it was a Saturday, Sunday mornings, and uh, oh well, these ones started in the morning. They went through to the afternoon. Uh, they were um, all had a Victorian written on the back of them. And so I was assuming that I couldn't see the front. So maybe it was something like the Victorian Institute of Sport. And they're having a training, a training weekend or uh, something like that. And I thought, well, here's the weekend. These guys get up super early every single morning because they're training before before school, often they're training after school as well. And here they are on the weekend giving up their time and they're uh, being driven to perform at a higher level by these high-performance coaches. And they, they all looked really, really hungry, really excited, really focused, and such an excellent standard from what I could observe in just their technique and how effortless they, effortlessly they were moving through the water and what it made me think about was these guys are so hungry and they are so focused and they're going to achieve so much in their life in terms of athletics but where does that when does that die why do we get to adulthood and most people just let those things slip them by And two-thirds of the population in this country, um, in America, around the world, generally speaking, apart from certainly in the the first world countries, are considered overweight or obese. So they don't have the athletic mindset. The athletes that are super successful, and I was talking about Kerry Pothast. Now, Kerry Pothast, the more I get to know her, She's won a gold medal at the Olympics. Now, do you think you win a gold medal at the Olympics by accident? No. You win a gold medal from constant focus, constant 
work ethic and you have to work harder than your opposition. It won't just happen because you know you've got a few you've got a good night like a good day together a few good games like she was playing beach volleyball I can't remember how many rounds that they had to play but let's say they had to play seven seven or eight matches you've got to be on for seven or eight matches you can't fluke eight wins to win a gold medal you've got to be the best in the world to be at that stage and I've I know that it's Kerry has fought through so many different injuries. I'm going to get her on a, a call so that we can talk about adversity and um, her achievements. And I think when you've got that kind of mindset, you should be incredibly successful through the rest of your life because you have got to the best in the world, the absolute pinnacle of your sport. And I think it, it doesn't matter what, what level of sport you are, to win that Olympic gold medal, to have that privilege, like that's incredible. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. You could win world titles, but I don't care about any world title. I am sure that any of those world title winners would take a gold medal at the Olympics over any world title. Uh, so, my point here is that Kerry is not only been a winner in her chosen field, but she's a winner at life, and she's taken that athlete winning mindset and that strength and motivation into her business life. And this is why I'm doing business with her because of that mindset. She is a winner and she'll always be a winner. She's super competitive and she, she puts so much into her business. And what, what was funny yesterday was while I was recording um, a video for the, uh, the uh, Instagram TV, while I was talking about Kerry, a message from her actually popped up on the top of the screen. You know how you, oh, certainly on my phone when I get the notifications, um, it actually came up with a, a message from her as I was talking about her. <laughs> That's, I thought that was so cool. It was like she was listening. And it wasn't a live Instagram TV. I haven't worked out really how to do that properly yet. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really cool. And what was lovely last night was uh, she watched that, um, that, it was about four minutes, and I said let us bring that athletic mindset to our lives and to our businesses and watch how you can thrive and she's just I haven't read it all actually because I'm I'm traveling early this morning but she said yes in capital letters with a like about a dozen uh, exclamation points after that because the way that I see uh, and certainly in dealing with clients and just observing people in general people give up on life it's like it's what it's too busy it's too hard now so how hard was it to win a gold medal and yes most people on this planet have not won gold medals my point is that you can take the the learnings from the athlete and you can live like an athlete you don't have to perform like an athlete in terms of on the field or in a sport because at, at 50 years of age I'm not going to be able to 
go out there and jump in the pool and uh, go to the Olympics. Uh, I don't know how to swim properly. I don't have the genetics for it. And in that sport, people peak at, I don't know, in their early 20s or mid-20s or something. So, um, you know, the, all of those things are against me. But I can bring the mindset of the athlete, the focused winning athlete, to my life. And that's why I say I am an athlete, but I'm not a competitive athlete. And over the years, and even today, I'll be working on how can I make myself better? How can I make my mindset better to perform at a higher level? And a perfect example these past few days. What do all of these kids that I saw do? What, what do they all have in common? Notice how I'm pausing there. Are you thinking? I want you to think about what it is that they all have in common and say it out loud. Now, they all have youth on their side is one thing. They have obviously have been working really hard to get to the standard that they are. So they've got that focus. They've got that drive and hunger. But the thing that I also noticed was they all were getting one thing there, and that was coaching. They all had coaching. And what was really interesting was it wasn't just one coach. I was amazed. I mean, there would have been, there were a couple of different squads. So the one that I was mainly looking at, I'm gonna say 20 kids. And I would have seen about five different coaches, I reckon, doing different things with them. Some walking around, correcting technique. Uh, One was counting the number of repetitions. Um, There were, when we got down the end and the the guy that was showing them, uh, you know, diving off the blocks and stuff, he was a young guy. He could have been an Olympian uh, for all I know. I mean, my eyesight's not great, so I don't necessarily recognize all these people. But they were all getting coaching from different people because what do all these kids look for? They're looking for the edge because generally speaking, you could probably throw a blanket over the whole group and say, well, they're all about the same. Yeah, you're going to have one or two. That'll be that top 1% of that group. So what's 1% of 20? Well, 10% is two. So 1% is, you know, maybe one in that group is going to be the Olympian. It's going to be the best. Um, so, but they're all looking for it. They're all looking for that edge. And this is why I talk about time and time again, getting that coaching from me, from our team, will get you where you want to be faster get you the results faster and can fast track everything that you're doing and the example that I use for myself I've been I guess fine tuning the things that I've I do now and have done over the last 30 years now I so what okay let me digress here for a second what are some of the things that I do to help improve myself well I coach myself and I coach myself hard, and I'm constantly looking for ways to improve. So one of the things that I do is I subscribe to 
uh, magazines, so health and fitness magazines. Now, I think I've mentioned before that my previous favorite magazine is no longer in publication, unfortunately, which is called Muscle and Fitness. Um, a great publication, and that I found that that magazine for decades has motivated me. If I was in a flat spot, I'd, um, I'd grab the magazine, and there would be a number of things in the magazine that would, would just motivate me, whether it be a workout, a story, um, certain meals, recipes, and stuff that I'd say, wow, that has really just triggered something inside me that said, okay, this, I'm, I'm now more switched on. Um, I also have subscribed to, um, well, when Muscle and Fitness finished, they started giving me another magazine, which I think it's called Men's Health um, or Men's Fitness, something like that. I think it's a terrible magazine. No, no um, disrespect to the publishers, but I honestly, it, it feels like it's a, almost like a soft porn magazine with the some of the content and, and everything in it. I don't enjoy it, so I waited for that to run out, and then I got, um, again, I think it's Women's Health or Women's Fitness, because I found that like, most of my clients are female, and it's a much better read. I find that the articles in that, it's interesting, difference between men and women and the way that they target it. I mean, it's not a sexualization of men. I found the, the, women, the men's magazine was uh, really a sexualization of women, and sex and that kind of stuff there's really not that focus in the women's magazine it's a much nicer more refreshing read and I actually can take some things away from it and some things that I can talk to my uh, female uh, clients about this feels a nicer read and so I do things like that I get coaching from JT one-on-one I get uh, I listen to him every single day just like I do this podcast he does his daily podcast and he was the one that said Rob you need to do this you need to do your own so I just started it uh, I was listening to it before I started recording today it's how I start every day now there are some days where he doesn't have them ready just because of the time difference and he's traveling and stuff but so this morning he uploaded a few so I think I listened to four uh, today, um, so I didn't get to listen to them uh, yesterday. Um, so, you know, I'm doing that. I have access to every coaching session that he has ever done, as in uh, the coaching that he personally gets from people like George Ross, um, Mike Slade. Uh, he had a great uh, two hour and 15 minute coaching session with Mike Slade, uh, which he recorded all of it. And uh, Hugh Hilton, uh, Mark Norcross, these are some of his older coaches. Uh, but I listen to them all. He gets regular coaching from George and Hugh Hilton, and Mike Slade, I think, is once a month. And I listen to them all, and there's always something I can hear and uh, learn from. Like this is JT getting coaching, who's almost a billionaire. And so, do you think there are things in there that I can learn from? Well, absolutely. These are like he pays something like four million dollars a year to have this coaching now they're not coaching me but I can listen to the coaching that he's getting to say well how do I relate that to my life um, so an interesting one was that JT wanted to he lives on in uh, Florida as uh, a Florida 
I'm going to say Florida. And he wanted to shift to the other side. And uh, it's like a, I don't know, I'll say an hour and a half trip or something like that. Now, he wanted to move over to the other side because that's where he wanted to be like a neighbour, not like literally next door, but like a, a neighbour to Vanilla Ice because him and Vanilla Ice have, have grown uh, quite close. They do business together. And um, Vanilla Ice is a tremendous business person. And he's got a bunch of billionaire um, uh, business colleagues and mates as well. And JT's already doing a, an AI a business with one of them. And he wants to be over there because the closer he is to these people, the more business that he can do with them. And that's what's really important to him. So the point is that he, he needed to make a decision. He could either sell his house in Florida and move over there, or he could, uh, or maybe it's in Orlando, I don't know. I, I, I've got my states mixed up here. Orlando's in Florida, isn't it? I don't know. Anyway, he's on one side going to the other, or he could rent it out. Now, he lives right on the water. It's a huge house. It's one of the best houses in the in his uh, street. He, said, well, he says it's the best house and biggest house in his street, which is a problem. And he could Airbnb it and rent it out that way and stuff. But he said the problem with that is that the people that want to, uh, you know, want to hire a place like that are most likely going to trash it because it's a big home and... Uh, you know, getting big groups in there, party goers and stuff in there. He didn't like that because he's very particular about his stuff. And he's had people stay in his houses before, like clients and that kind of stuff. They kind of trash it. And it's like, man, I just don't know what's wrong with some people to have, you know, have that respect. Wherever I go, I, I treat things as if they were on my, my own or better than they were my own. Like always making the motel bed before I go. Not having to tuck everything in, but leaving it neat and everything. Um, always put all the towels and everything in the bath so that they know that um, yeah, they're the ones to be washed and stuff. Because some of the motels, if you think that sounds weird, a lot of the motels, they put the, the dirty ones in the, the bath and will change them. And if you leave them hanging up, they won't change them type of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I... I gen- if I'm staying there for a few nights, I don't get them to change. I don't need fresh towels every night. But anyway, um, so he had this decision. Now, the issue was that the market in, his, in that particular area was down. And he was going to, if he was going to sell it, he was going to take an extra $500,000 loss on it if he sold now and stayed there and just commuted or he could uh, take a $500,000 hit and move to the other side. Now he asked his two coaches, or two of his coaches this, he asked George Ross and George Ross said, well, you know, it's a beautiful house, Uh, you know, you use it for your events. He said $500,000 is too much of a hit, Um, keep the house and move to the other side, but keep it, rent it, whatever. He said, wait for the market to pick up and, and then then make it. He said, you've got everything that you need there. You can still run events there, etc., etc." Now then, uh, JT wasn't really happy with that. I don't think you could sense from listening to the coaching call. And then there's another one with Hugh Hilton. And Hugh Hilton's a, a massive uh, property person. So is uh, George Ross. 
Uh, but this, is, this just goes that there are different solutions for different coaches. Now, Hugh Hilton said, JT, absolutely sell it. He said, take the $500,000 hit. He said, that's nothing compared to what you were going to make when you start to forge these stronger relationships with these billionaires. If you're already doing business, you're only going to do more business, make more more acquaintances because once you start doing business with one billionaire, that billionaire is going to introduce you to other billionaires, etc., etc. He said, don't worry about that 500000 uh, You're going to make that up in no time. And you know, to me, that made a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, to you and me, 500000 might sound massive, but if you're close to a billionaire now, 500000 in the scheme of what it is that you're going to make in the future, which is what Hugh Hilton was focusing on, uh, he says, don't worry about it. Now, he hasn't given an update yet. But uh, I have heard JT talk about how he's going to move over near Vanilla Ice. So I guess uh, that means he will sell the place. But I guess we'll hear uh, down the track. Actually, when he was in Australia, he was still talking about how he wants to sell it. So, yeah. Uh, So that was interesting. Uh, So that is, you know, the coaching that I get access to so that I can become better. And what does that mean? It, that If I become better, it means that I can coach people better too uh, to get results faster. And that was one of the observations from watching all the kids in the pool. They were getting this coaching to get the edge, to get there faster, and uh, they were investing in that. And then... Of course, it took me into that next phase of their lives and why it is that we as adult humans, we lose our sense of play and adventure. I mean, you look at the kids watching the cheerleading, they're having so much fun, generally speaking, and they're mucking around and stuff away from the cheerleading. They're having so much fun. They don't really, they don't really have a care in the world. They're just enjoying themselves. And you can say, oh, well, they're just kids And, you know, once you become an adult and you get all this responsibility and stress and stuff, you can't have fun. Well, that's just a mindset. I mean, I think if if we learn from our kids better to relax a little bit and have more fun, then we would have much more fulfilled lives. But then, you know, that hunger that these young athletes have, we need to take that into our lives. We need to have that hunger, that drive, that passion for whatever it is that we do in your work, in your relationships, everything. You need to bring it because that's what I've done and life has never looked better. And I still feel like every day I can do better and better and better. I am just so hungry to start each day. Um, I had a lady yesterday after I... um, I noticed actually how my... Um, Instagram channel that one of my videos uploaded the other day but when I was uploading the one yesterday it said failed uh, one of them uh, failed to I don't know what that's the word it says failed to upload I'm like what but that was relevant because I posted it at like um, before 5am in the morning because it was relevant to um, the particular post and it didn't post so I posted it again and um this lady, she's a client actually, she responded to it and said, Rob, you're crazy. And I just made a comment back to that saying, I absolutely love my early morning starts. I like this morning, so early again. 
and uh, I'm loving the start to my day. I get so much more done. It sets me up for success. Um, So if I can do it, you can do it too. It just takes consistent action and focus. I would hate to live back where I did 10 years ago and going to a job that uh, paid really well, but it was just, meh, you know, I, I did, I worked hard at the job, I would work from 7 till 6, I would go home, um, you know, there would be things about work that, you know, would stress me out a bit, uh, but I would go back in the next day and it, it wasn't my business, it was someone else's business that I was building for them and I wasn't loving it. I enjoyed it, but I wasn't loving it. And I think that we are not doing ourselves justice if we do not follow a job or career that we don't absolutely love. Life's too short not to love what it is that we do because when you do love what you do, you become like me and that's super focused and just loving life. Like I'm smiling right now because my life is so beautiful with uh, what I'm achieving. And you know, you, you know I've focused the last six months on putting all in. I said uh, that 2019 is my year. I have to make it my year because I've said that I've been going to do uh, the things that I'm now doing for so long and I've never, never followed through. And now I need to stand up. I need to step up and say, I'm now doing these things. I'm now doing these things. And when you can do that, you watch how things change for you. So, my message to you today is, I want you to dig deeper. I want you to find that hunger within yourself to completely change your life. If right now that means for you, you need to change your career, then I don't want you to just go in and resign from your job tomorrow. But what I do want you to do is start taking action by the end of this podcast to move yourself closer to the achievement of that goal and that vision for you. Make it that today, there's no more excuses. Today is the day that you just decide to be different. You decide that I am going to make a difference to my life. And from this point on, everything will change. Everything will change. I know this is challenging because you're so established in your ways in your life now, but pull apart every area of your life and you'll find that you've got growth and happiness to be had in every single area of your life, every single area. You are just not taking the action to get there. But you can do it. I've done it. It's hard. It's really hard. And this is why only 1% of the people make it. Only one. 
I heard JT talking about this morning. He said, uh, you know, he does coaching around the world and uh, he was in Spain and... Uh, oh, I'm just about to turn off. I don't know whether I, this is allowing me to turn off here. Can I turn off here? I'm going to try. I think I can. They're doing road work here. Yes, I'm okay. Uh, around the world. And he says the number of people that he'll talk to or coach that are currently either not making any money or they've got five clients or something like that and they want to make a million dollars. And it's like, okay, that's nice, but uh, be realistic about it. You're not going to go from five clients to a million. You've got to take sensible small steps or sensible steps uh, to work backwards from there because if you reverse engineered a million dollars to the number of clients that you need from where you are now, you'd be like, okay, that is too big for you to be able to make that happen. It's going to be too big a chunk for you. So uh, he was saying that the top 1% of wealth in America, I think he said it was something like $430,000 a year in income. So it's not your million dollars to get into the, the top 1% in the US. It's just 430, I say just 433, uh, that's a lot of money. But people say the million dollars thinking, oh, well, yeah, that's what I want. But it's, it's a bit fanciful and they don't necessarily have a purposeful action plan, actionable plan to get there. And less than half of that still puts you in the top 1%. So let's make some uh, less lofty goals uh, for you to get you from where you are now to where it is that you want to get to. Maybe it's getting to that first 100,000. Maybe that's your first logical step. Uh, so um, yeah, that that's uh, one of the one of the benefits of coaching but taking that mindset that mindset so that you can uh, you know achieve the change that you want okay so that's my homework for you and don't just think about this say oh yeah yeah that's good I'll have a think about it on the drive home tonight this needs pen and paper I prefer pen and paper honestly to the computer I find that the thoughts tend to flow more logically with pen and paper and go to it, start writing, and then start taking some action. Move your life closer to where it is that you want it to be. Don't just dream about it. Create a vision and make it happen. All right, that's me out for today. Love to all of you. Talk to you tomorrow.